This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Many have said that the church is undergoing her passion at this moment in her history. That may or may not be the case. It's entirely possible that everything we see in the church right now, all the evil and corruption and everything else, may simply be a run-up to the church's real passion, a passion which, like that of our blessed Lord, has been warned of in approved Catholic prophecy. But what will this look like? An apostasy from the top of the church, as apparently was warned of in the real third secret of Fatima, according to cardinals and other figures who claim to have read the real third secret. This apostasy will have been caused by the effect of the infiltration of the church by her adversaries, most notably among them the stone cutters, as well as their allies, the hammer and sickle political ideology. We see these effects now under Francis, and they've been visible for decades in the church, taking on a new, more coherent form than they had under the more recent post-conciliar pontiffs. Two prelates of the church have given separate interviews to an independent outlet and warned the world of the infiltration of the church and its effects on the faith, including what the logical outcome of such an infiltration would be. I will go over those interviews for you today. But their interview, the interviews are themselves in German, so video clips won't be played because there's really no point in doing that. I'll summarize the interviews and their points for you instead. Whether you agree with the general infiltration thesis or not, it's hard to deny that the church is in a pretty rough place right now, that many of the faithful are miserable due to errors being taught and accepted by the hierarchy and growing persecution of the church coming from the secular rulers. There have been calls from, um, other, from among traditional Catholics to just submit to these errors, which adds to the misery. Those various would-be Caesars are banning nativity scenes, by the way, pushing grotesque sins against the law of God and the family, and are often being aided, or at least applauded, by priests of the church. This misery afflicting the church comes oftentimes from within the church itself. The first interview that I'll talk about here involves Bishop Athanasius Schneider, who gave another German-language interview to Gloria TV. I covered another interview of his a few days ago on this channel. In this interview, he places the cause of the misery in the church on the recent popes. Schneider pulls no punches. From the Gloria TV summary of the German-language interview, quote, the stonecutters have infiltrated the church, but the clergy, starting with the Pope and ending with the bishops, are to blame for the current misery. He, Schneider, refers to the short pontificate of the good Hadrian VI, who reigned from 1522 to 1523, who ruled during the Reformation. Schneider used the word Protestant deformation. Hadrian sent a legate to the 1523 uh, diet who everyone expected would condemn Martin Luther but the legate named the Holy See as the main culprit in the church's misery. That was the first time in church history, and until now the last time, that a pope admitted, we the popes, the Roman Curia, are the main culprits in the crisis of the church. We have allowed this to happen. We have not been vigilant to protect the church, Schneider said. He hopes that a future pope will admit this. We have appointed impossible men to high ecclesiastical positions with compromises who have devastated the vineyard, and left the faithful to the wolves. Stonecutters have also crept into many positions, but the ultimate responsibility lies with the Pope and his closest advisors, Schneider said. He criticized that honest Catholic bishops attacked by the oligarch media are, quote, 
often left out in the cold by the Holy See. Therefore, bishops are fearful because they know they won't get support from Rome. End quote. My only problem with this statement is that the popes in question, all of them since the council, not only allowed this to happen, were in every way close allies of men who fought like stonecutters and promoted their values, they often were like the driving force behind this stuff themselves, Paul VI being the most obvious example of this problem with his new mass that was designed by a confirmed stonecutter with the aid of Protestant theologians who were also likely members of the stonecutter organizations themselves. Dealing with this crisis in the church does remind me of something, you know, time travel a little bit now, back in time to Archbishop Vigano's interview given to the Washington Post in 2019, nearly a year after demanding that Francis resign for his role in the Ted McCarrick mess in his initial statement. In that interview, Vigano is speaking in response to a meeting in Rome meant to address the Ted McCarrick problem of the church, of priests going after seminarians and, uh, shall we say, younger people in general, and committing or trying to commit gross sins that cry out to heaven for justice with them. Vigano rightly called this conference of bishops in Rome at the time a big nothing with signs of problems from the get-go. So from that interview here, this will remind us of what Schneider is saying here. Quote, Unfortunately, that initiative turned out to be pure ostentation, for we saw no sign of a genuine willingness to attend to the real causes of the present crisis. Indeed, Francis's choice of Cardinal Blaise Supich, Archbishop of Chicago, as a leader of the event was itself disturbing. Supich, you will recall, has stated that focusing on the Ted McCarrick problem was a rabbit hole the church should not go down, and that Francis had, quote, a bigger agenda and needed to get on with other things, such as talking about the environment, protecting people who move around a lot. This from the man handpicked by the Pope to deal with the crisis. Supich's comments created negative publicity, and he eventually apologized for them, but only after his charge that the interview was unfairly edited proved groundless. I see no evidence that he is, that he, meaning Francis, is committed to cleaning up the mess and exposing uh, the attempts to hide everything. End quote. That was in the summer of 2019. Three and a half years later, we can safely say that Vigano is right. It seems that the Vatican is incapable or unwilling to address real problems in the church in our time, and for what reason. I maintain that those in positions of power in the church are actually fine with the state of things. They dislike the negative press and the legal consequences of the things going on, but these problems are a feature of the revolution in the church and the resulting alliance with secular authorities. These problems are not a bug or they're not unintended consequences, they're a feature. This was all expected, hence why no real action is ever taken against the worst elements in the church and why the Vatican spends a heck of a lot more time and energy trying to suppress traditional Catholicism than it does the errors of the worst modernists in the church. They were really only forced to act against Ted McCarrick, for example, when the media storm got too much for them. So Cardinal Mueller ties all this to the problems with the Synod on Synodality in the German Synod in a separate interview. The Stonecutters and their permanent instruction of the Alta Vendita, which was published in the 19th century and then promulgated by the popes at the time when they got a copy of it, told the world what they wanted to do to the church. They wanted to take it over and put it at the service of the secular rulers of the world. They have been successful in that. What is their aim? To destroy authentic religion and replace it, to quote Cardinal Mueller, with sentimental mush. The Cardinal gave an interview in German to Gloria TV, and he also doesn't pull any punches. 
The main thrust of the German Synod is to promote the grotesque sin that James Martin has a strange interest in for a priest in the church. This is the James Martin ideology which is being promoted by the Germans, an ideology of the flesh that elevates sin to something sacred. From the Gloria TV article, quote, The German Synod seeks to advance an agenda diametrically opposed to the Christian faith and image of man, says Cardinal Mueller in an interview with Martin Lohmann. Everything revolves around the James Martin ideology, Mueller states. Instead of holding up the cross of Christ, the James Martin standards are raised on churches in Germany. This is like when flags of anti-church groups and ideologies were seen on churches in Germany and the aggressor country in the East. But what is wrong and destructive cannot be sugar-coated by the packaging, Mueller clarifies. He warns against Christianity with a stone-cutter image of man, where everyone has the same quote-unquote God who does not reveal himself. Such a world-builder above the firmament does not get in anyone's way, does not interfere with human business, and does not demand a radical change in human ways of life. The gentleman in tails and aprons then determines how the general public should think of God. The immature people are served a generic ethical porridge, a few myths and beautiful stories, and a bit of Christmas romance and hunting for Easter eggs. In this worldview, the oligarchs laugh at the common people. They should be happy without owning anything. We regulate their thinking, their language, their way of life. They are like robots that have to function. Pasture happiness of cows, end quote. That's a pretty fair assessment of what our benevolent rulers want for us, the happiness of unthinking cows out to pasture. We're called to something greater. Our calling comes from Christ, and it is a higher calling, a thinking calling, a praying calling, one that finds its purest fulfillment in living a life of sanctifying grace in union with the sacraments of the church. A life of prayer and holiness stands in opposition to dictates of the world. The very best statement, the entirety of the documents of Vatican II, is the reminder of the universal call to holiness found in the document Lumen Gentium, Chapter 5. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I said something positive about not only Vatican II, but Lumen Gentium, the document that Archbishop Lefebvre refused to sign. Mark this day on the calendar, I guess. But that particular statement is not wrong. We are all called to holiness. As that document does state, the, the saints were not these mythical superhumans. We can achieve what they achieved if we wanted enough, and if we cooperate with the grace of God that he offers through his church, if we stay close to the sacraments, if we live lives of prayer and detachment. The differentiation between the saints and the rest of us is their commitment to cooperation with sanctifying grace. This universal call to holiness stands in stark opposition to everything we see in the church now and especially in the world. Instead, we have a universal call to making sins holy and a universal call to secularizing the faith. It's not that surprising what the results of this have been, and especially in light of the synod on synodality, especially when you understand how we got to this place anyway. Now I have to ask, do Schneider and Mueller's words describing the present crisis in the Catholic Church ring true to you? Are these sins they see in these alliances with the world the result of stonecutters in the hierarchy by the in external influence of the stonecutters as the two bishops attest? Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.